Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with the relationship expert, love coach, and revolutionary mentor, Charlene Byers. Her specialty is helping single, successful career women attract committed, masculine men to find their aligned partner, their best friend lover. Charlene works with women to rediscover their true empowerment and joy, remove the obstacles that keep them stuck, and restore their sense of fulfillment and enthusiasm for life. She draws on her over 20 years of experience in helping hundreds of women heal their hearts and find love. She is a mother of four plus one bonus son and is happily married to the love of her life. She has quite a story and deep Cuban roots. Enjoy this interview. Hi, Charlene. It's Joe Domino. Hi, Joe. Charlene. How you doing? Hey, I'm wonderful. How's life? Life is, wow, busy like everyone. It's just crazy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, what a wave. Like, it's, I, I'm I hate saying I'm busy, but the reality is everyone is really busy. Everybody. Everyone's just busy. Well, I guess it's refreshing. It's kind of the flip side of what we've been living through for the Pretty last much. couple of years now. You know, yeah. it's, it's good, to, good to... So where are you coming out of right now? So I'm in um, Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm in Arizona. You sound like you have an East Coast accent. Really? No, no. I'm, I'm actually originally from uh, California, but I've been here forever. But I have my back, my, usually you, you'll hear it a little bit. I think a lot of people say, it's weird. People do say I sound like I'm East, but, yeah. um, but my first language is Spanish. So I think okay. something comes out that way. So, yeah, I'm, I'm full-blooded Cuban. So I think, oh, okay. Yeah, so I, there's the little, I don't know, it's a little spice in there, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say so. I, I actually love the Cuban people, and I was talking, I, my my main thing in, in podcasting is doing interviews for a radio show called Neon Jazz. So I'll interview Cuban musicians. And I, um, Camilo Valencia was one that I interviewed. He's in Miami, and he had an album mm-hmm. that came out. And I asked him, you know, because there's such a tension between America and Cuba. There's been for so long. Yes. But the, the Cuban population, the musicians especially, are always so infectious, so positive, so yes. full of life. And you hear that exuberance in their music, and I wanted to know how and why that was. And I've gotten really good explanations based on who they are and how music is such a huge part of the culture. It really is. Absolutely. Like, I, I grew up um, always in the background, always in the background. From the moment I woke up to the time I actually went to bed, and my, both of my parents were from Cuba. Both of them left right before Castro, when the revolution, when everything happened. So me and my, me and my older son, well, no, my second oldest, it was really interesting because my father is still alive. He's 84, and he's just this specimen of a human. It's just amazing, his energy, his life for life. He doesn't have a pot to piss in. He don't care. He's so happy, so positive. <laughs> and, um, and my son's um, studying to be, he wants to be a diplomat. So he's really into history. So my, um, he wants to do like a mini documentary on my dad, his grandpa. And my yeah. father, which is amazing, because my father was in, um, he was in Cuba. He left Cuba, I think he was 22, right, you know, when everything started. But he was also um, a officer, police officer, when Batiste was, you know, in charge. So the what he's been through and how everything, it's just fascinating. It's just fascinating. And he's one of the only people that I know that kept 
such good care of photos and um, timelines. So he wow. just gave me last week, I went to go visit him in California because he's a santero and he has a, a botanica. And people come and he's a healer and it's just, it's really neat. Anyway, so he gave, he was like very emotional because he's, you know, he's 34, but he's, he, he thinks he's getting younger, which is amazing. But he gave me this photo album and I'm like, wow. And he, and he cried and he, you know, he's not a crier. And he was like, this is my most precious thing because I've carried this from Cuba and I've always, you know, made sure that there's history here, that there's documentation. And he goes, people don't do what I did. And I'm like, Bobby, this is amazing. So I have this photo album now. So, um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And my mother too, my mother is um, Cuban and, you know, she, she, she doesn't have a lot of money or anything like that, but her soul and her vibration and her outlook on life. And it, like I said, both my father and my mother have this look and way of them. It's just, it's, it's been pretty freaking cool. Yeah, well, when you get to that age, you realize that you're not taking any of this off this planet. So nope. what's the big deal? You know, nope. I mean, if you, if you did it, did it the right way, you did it, as Sinatra would say, my way, you know, then there you go. Um, yeah. So, so, so let's start at the top here, and which yes. we kind of already did, um, <laughs> Cuba, right? You know, by osmosis. But let's start off with how did you survive COVID? With the line of work that you're involved with, how did you survive, and how did that time period change you now that we're opening up after these two years? So, how did I survive COVID? Um, barely, and. During COVID is why I went, um, got online, actually. So I used to have um, my practice here, and I did everything, you know. Um, I'm a speaker. I would, you know, do everything here locally. And then when COVID happened, my world changed. So um, I just literally got on social media and that whole world about, what, three years ago when everything, you know, I started right right when things started. So it was two, two and a half years. I'm not sure. Um and I've had to, since then, um, just change how I did business and, and just change everything. And what I noticed during COVID, um, there were, you know, I, I work on women's empowerment and I work on, you know, relationships, I specialize in relationships and I really specialize in single women because there's a, an energy thing there. But one of the, one of the main things though that I would say, during COVID, I have more women come to me at the time for more of empowerment than relationships. They really had no interest in talking about their relationships. They were struggling, you know, themselves as individual humans. So I did a lot of more empowerment work during that time. And then when things started shifting and then people kind of started breathing again a little bit, then, you know, they started understanding, okay, um, you know, what's, what's up with my relationships here? And, um, I ended up having women that ended up coming to me actually leave their relationships. So that's the shift that happened with me during COVID, if that was the question that you asked. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with what you do, with everything that's a part yeah. of what you do, I mean, there's one thing to look at it on paper, and there's another thing where it's, there's, there's a reality that goes into what you do every day. If you yeah. were at a career day in front of a bunch of third graders, and one of them looks up at you and says, what do you do for a living 
And how are you qualified to do that? How would you answer them? How would I answer a third grader? Is that what you're asking the yeah. question? Okay. Yeah. So let's see. So if I'm in front of a third grader, so we're talking a, <laughs> a young kid, um, yeah. and he asked, and the question was, how do you qualify? Say, so can you ask what? What do you what? do for a living, and how do you qualify to do it? I would say I help people. I would tell him specifically that I help people find they're happy, feel happy. And how how did I qualify to do it? Is that what the next question is? Yes. Um, I don't know. You, I, I really, at that moment, I'm like kind of, I would honestly just tell the kid, I, I do, I do, I make people, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't know why I'm so, this question is like kind of, <laughs> I'm picturing a little kid. I'm sorry. I'm totally tripping. I'm overthinking this question, obviously. Way overthinking this question. I know. So sorry. I'm like, I, no, really, you're good. I, I'm like, okay, it's a little kid. I, can I deal with kids? So I'm like, okay, what age is this? I'm picturing the kid. I'm picturing the age. I'm picturing the boy. Is it a girl? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You know, well, I, I think I would give a different answer to, you know, to who I'm talking to, to be honest with you. But yeah. um, the work that I do, I, it, it, what the work is, you know how like, you hear people say, do the work? And the reality is, is that a lot of people um, just have truly have, you know, some limiting beliefs, blocks, healing that actually needs to be taken care of. Because, you know, what I've noticed with the work I do, when um, either man or woman come to me, they are usually you know, resonating not like at a certain energy. So usually they're usually resonating, they feel stuck or they're feeling shame or they're feeling guilt or something is holding them back and they're not quite sure what that is. So when they when they do this work, because I tell people, I say, listen, this is the deal. If we want to make a change in your life, whatever that change is, and if you are struggling and you are not getting and having the relationships with people, you know, the, the relationships that you long for, and you're not having those relationships with the people you love, and you don't feel, you know, satisfied, and there's a restlessness in you. And this type of work, you know, personal development work, healing, it's not like something you just do on your own. You actually have to do it with someone that can, you know, understand that there's blind spots, there's things that you won't know. And so... There's steps. So I take people. I'm, I'm also, you know, I've been doing it for like over 20 years, you know, actually helping people and coaching people. And, and of course, so my experience comes based on real life experiences with hundreds of people, coaching hundreds of people. But I also, you know, took it to another level and I've done many, many studies, many, you know, I got my empowerment certification. That was intense. That was crazy. Uh, <laughs> I just, that was like literally getting a PhD. I'm not even kidding you. But I, you know, so there's other things that I've done to really make sure that I can have a space and a way of how I help people. So I take people through a process. And it's it's pretty amazing, actually. And I'm, yeah, and I'm I imagine trained, so. And I'm trained in NLP. I'm trained in cognitive reconstructing. So it's it's a lot of, there's deeper level work. But I don't talk about that overall because it's not sexy. People are like, huh? Um, so, but, you know, and, and, and with women, I'm telling you right now, if you start telling them that you're going to be doing all that, they're like, oh, 
So you have to be able to let people slowly kind of understand that there's a shift that needs to happen and and the why, and then when they start working is when they get to see all the other levels. Because they can't really see it, I swear, until, you know, they actually start doing it. So, you know, the one thing, you yeah. know, as, uh, as an adult, you know, I've been through enough relationships. I mean, I'm, I'm married now, and, yeah. and, and I, but I've been, you know, divorced, and I've been through a lot. And I think about all of the relationships I've been through and the yeah. common mistakes. You know, when you get done with one, you look back and you think, why did that fail? And you obviously, if you want to get into a successful one, you look on your life and you think, what can I do differently? From your angle, from seeing all of the plethora of things that you've seen and you boil down the parts and pieces to, like, the, the cornerstones, what's the most common mistake that men and women make when they get together? Well, what I've learned through this, I'll tell you the common mistake, is who they pick from the beginning, period. So what happens is <laughs> because the success of a relationship the true success of a long-term romantic relationship will all come down to who you pick from the beginning, period. And so what I've learned is that people have a tendency to quickly, you know, get into relationships or people have a tendency to ignore from the beginning um, the red flags, the things that make you feel uncomfortable, the things that you're like, oh, this is off, something's off. And when, when man or woman really understands themselves, so all my work is inner. You got to go in. You got to go in as an individual human being. And you got to figure out what, what, what's going on with you and what actually it is that you're looking for if you want to be in a romantic relationship. Because I tell women all the time, I'm like, what do, you, what do you actually want to feel in a relationship? Because we can talk about all the external stuff, but that's just all, you know, external. But what, how do you actually want to feel? And so when I understand how somebody actually wants to feel in a relationship, then they have that ability to actually get to know another human being because if you give it some time, those things that come up in relationships that, you know, when people have the failed relationships, all that stuff was already there from the beginning. It's a pattern. And so that is the common mistake that I have realized is that, and, and another common mistake is that when people are in relationships and they have exhausted themselves. They have exhausted, like, you know, showing up and making sure that, you know, that they are treating that person with kindness and respect and, you know, and all that, and that person's not doing it to them. When it gets to that point, another common mistake that people make is they don't leave. They stay. And they honestly think that this person is going to change, and the reality is, is they don't. So my my thing that I see is that people rush into relationships and they wonder why, um, you know, things are not working. But when they go back and they start circling down, they realize that all those red flags and everything was already there from the beginning. And they, didn't, they did not give themselves the time and the space to really understand who they're with. Because you don't, you can't, this is what I tell people, I said, I don't care who you are. It actually takes time to get to know another human being. Humans are layers. It takes time. 
And um, so that I, I hope that answered the question. But that's what I would say is the biggest mistake. I I would agree. I would totally yeah. see that as as a part of yeah. What would be um, what would be a big huge mistake? When you were a child, what did you dream that you were going to be when you grew up? What did you want to do? When I was a child, I always thought about being an actress. And then when I when I was I don't know how old I was when I was really young. I remember I saw SNL, and when I saw SNL Saturday Night Live, I was that was it. That was it for me. I'm going to be on SNL. I started writing characters. I started having skits, and. <laughs> And all of that kind of stuff. So um, that was definitely something for many, 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 many years is, was on my, like, that's what I'm going to be when I grow up. And I never, you know, got on SNL. Um, I ended up, you know, doing other acting and, you know, stuff like that. Here. But I'm in Arizona, so there's not, it's not like if you go to L.A. or New York. But I did, you know, I did a lot of local stuff. Um, I got really into improv. I loved improv. It reminded me of more of the SNL style. Um, and yeah, and then I got pregnant and I had a, you know, had a kid at, uh, got pregnant at 19 and had my first son at 20 and then I had to work and life changed. So I never got that SNL. <laughs> that yeah. I, it was working. I, I had to it. raise my child. Yeah. 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 It's a, yeah. It's a, you know, had three jobs after that. So that was just life. Yep. So your role with people is you get to be a mentor, you get to be, you know, yeah. uh, some, someone that people looks up to. But what about you? Who would you consider a mentor or a hero in your life? So the person that I look up to 100% is my mom and my dad. I have, they, I lived a life with them. They were, when we were younger, when I was younger, both of my parents were wild, like wild. Like I tell my mom, I said, you were like the worst mom ever. <laughs> like, seriously. And I tell my dad, too, wow, you were the worst. But what they had was um, so much love and compassion for me. And what they had, what I noticed with them, both of them, that no matter what, like no matter what life threw their way, because we have experienced so much, um, they always just stay positive. Like I, I don't know a lot of people that can honestly say that they grew up with people seeing, you know, life happen because a lot of shit happened with them. You know, a lot of life happened. But my dad has this saying. He's just like, I, he just won't complain. He just won't complain. So I really felt very grateful and just really happy that I, had, I was able to see two people live real life, real challenges, real bullshit, but still choose to, you know, not, like, like I say, not spiral. Not, you know, not go into depressions, not do all that. They just took a different, just, just took a different way of how to do life than what I normally see. So I would say they've so, that, that for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's so not a lot of people if, I admire. <laughs> I mean, that, that walk the walk and, you know what I mean, or what would they say that, you know, talk the talk or walk the walk? Yeah. There's yeah. not. There's really yeah. not. Because like, I, I hear a lot of people talking a lot of stuff. I hear a yeah. lot of talking, but I'm like, oh, okay. To me, you yeah. know, it's action. It's how you live it, not what you say. Yeah. So that's, right. that's what I would definitely say. Yeah, I get that for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if, if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now, who would you love to meet? Who would you love to talk to? If I can meet anybody right now. Mm. Yeah. Shit, who would I love to talk to? 
God, there's so many people. Um, oh, I'm really digging. You know who I'm digging right now? Oh, I'm just loving her. Ooh, I love her. Mel Robbins. I would love to sit down and have a conversation with Mel Robbins. If I can even get on her podcast, that would be amazing. Um, I love everything that she's talking about. I love how she is really in a – I don't know if you know who that is, Mel Robbins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love her, her real rawness. I love it. I love how she gives people, you know, practical tools and things to, you know, live life and, and really feel good. So I would definitely love to have a conversation with her. 100%. So if you have a dream tonight and you run into your younger version, like mm -hmm. say in your 20s, yeah. and you could give your younger version a piece of advice based on all of the wisdom and years that you've lived. And this isn't about regret. It's about just dispensing wisdom. Yeah. What would you say, what would you say to that younger version of you? Everything's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. Because for so many years, I was always so worried about, like, certain things. And I realized that, oh, hell no, there's, there's this life. You're not going to be able to control life. And, um, and what I realized, like, no matter what I have gone through, and, you know, we all have stories. We all have gone through stuff, right? And no matter what I have gone through, in the end of the day, I am totally fine and even better. And... That has really helped me have peace, has helped me peace. And it helps me not spiral as much. And it helps me really realize that, oh, this is real life. Real life will always happen. Shit's going to happen. You're going you're gonna to be driving in the car and you're going to be like, ah, all of a sudden get, a, you know, like a flat tire. And you'll get through the flat tire and everything's going to be okay. So I have learned how to really try to just be in moments and not, like, overwhelm myself or overstress myself, um, something that, you know, I've done for so many years. But that's what I would tell my little, my younger son. You're going to be okay. You'll be just fine. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Calm down. I would literally tell her to calm down. To calm yeah. down. You're going to be fine. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, I can tell you, you, you got that feisty side, so I get it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, in your capacity as a professional dispensing advice to people, you know, people yeah. see you in a, in a, in a, in a, in a light of, of doing that, but maybe people don't really know who you are. What, what do you, what, what's the one thing that you would say right now that people may not realize about you that might surprise them that's a part of who you are? Who I am today has literally like has been layers coming off of me. That's how I, that's what I would say. So who I am today is everything I talk about, everything that I, you know, coach, everything that I teach is everything that I have gone through myself as a human being. So I went from, you know, being a very disempowering woman, um, very anxious woman, um, married to, you know, for a man for 23 years, um, not, you know, not having the relationship that I longed for, not even thinking it was even possible, um, and have gone through so many things. And when people hear, you know, my, my you know, like, like I said, we have stories. But when, so when people hear my background, 
and I realized really how I actually grew up and the the experience that I've had. That I unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, I I I experienced really really dark situations and I experienced really really dark men. And since since I was little, except my father, but since I, but I had a stepfather, but since I was little, um, I've been on a mission to have, you know, a different understanding and a different relationship with men. And weirdly enough, I ended up um, raising, not but I ended up having myself three boys. And because I had three boys, I have completely changed and the way that I view men and the way that I am with men, I have such a, a such a different outlook, such a respect, such a love, um, and admiration for them based on like how I used to, you know, all the men that prior to my life that showed up that, you know, I really honestly thought for the longest time besides my father that all men were assholes. You know, all men were horrible. And um and so people would be really surprised that I, you know, that I'm a uh, I actually have gone through hell with them, but I've come out the other way and have a different relationship with men and, and such a different appreciation. And they're amazing men everywhere. So I think people would be really surprised with that because a lot of women, you know, when I talk about men and stuff like that, you know, they, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but women will think, does she not like men or does she like men? And I'm, and I'm one of their biggest cheerleaders. So I teach women also men. And I'm not a man, so I can't, you know, I don't teach men, but I mean, I teach women, you know, what men go through and what I've heard and my experiences with them and how to have um, a better understanding. So I think that's what's really surprising sometimes for people. So everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your your clients, everyone around you, but ultimately you live your life. You have yeah. a perception of you. Who do you think you are? Well, I know who I am. <laughs> I know exactly who I am. I am a compassionate, loving, caring human being who um, who really loves to be in a space for people. You know, because I, I always tell people, I say, nothing's wrong with you. Like, you're, nothing's wrong with you. It's just, you know, we've, we've just gone through life and, you know, we've got a lot of stuff, you know, that we've had to deal with and we've developed, you know, certain ways because of all of our BS. But, um, but who you are and how you show up in the world is what matters. And so I always like to show up, you know, being a person that has kindness and integrity and love and respect for other human beings. And I truly pride myself on that. So I pride myself in how... I show up in the world. And I have this, I, I feel this. I always say, tell people this. I say, listen, it don't matter because if I walk in a room, I know 100% that everybody in that room is safe. And the reason I say that is I have done such deep healing work to a point that I can be with people now and you don't have to worry about me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to jab you. I'm not going to, you know, um, you know, say something to you that you're going to be like, what the hell? I'm very aware of who I am. I'm very aware, you know, the words I use with people. I'm very aware of people. I'm not trying to change anybody. And so no one has to ever worry about me because I think 
um, something that I hope everybody would do is do that and learn, you know, learn, you know, what, what triggers you have as a human being and how you're showing up and, and how, when you, when you're with somebody, how you left them, you know, like, are they cool? Or are they like, what, what's that all about? So that's who I am. I'm, I've, I've always just felt like I'm a human being that just tries to do the right thing and treats people with kindness and respect. And that's how I live my life. That's how I am. I love it. That's a great answer. Charlene, this Thank has been wonderful. Thank you for opening up. I really appreciate it. Good luck Thank with everything. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Joe. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, love, and music around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Yeah.